Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Or if you have a prayer request, something you need us to lift up to the Lord for you and on your behalf, we would love to do that. So give us a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. The text line again is 720-336-0897. Again, this is a show where you call in with your questions. Let's say maybe you've been reading the Bible and there's something you've always wondered about and you never understood for sure, like, what does this passage mean? Uh, This is a great place to call with those questions. Maybe you have something going on in your life and you wonder, what does the Bible say about this situation I'm in? Or maybe you're just wondering about things going on in the world at large and you're wondering, what does the Bible say about what's going on? Give us a call. We'd love to answer those questions for you. We have Pastors standing by every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, taking your calls and texts live on the air. So glad to be with you today. Again, the numbers to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. I want to greet those of you who are listening here in Colorado on Grace FM up into Southern Wyoming. Welcome to the program. So glad to have you with us. Um, Just, you know, if you are listening to the show today on Grace FM, you are hearing the show live. And you will probably know that here on the Front Range, we are getting a snow storm right now. It's supposed to snow today and tomorrow. Currently in Longmont, I'm looking out my window and it is snowing outside pretty hard. So uh, as far as I remember, this is the latest I remember ever having a snowstorm. I remember one on like May 15th, but man, May 20th, May 21st, that's pretty late. Personally, I'm not complaining. I love it. I think it's fun to live in a place that has crazy weather like this. So uh, yeah, those of you out there on the road, stay safe. But uh, I think the, the ground is staying warm enough where it's not sticking too bad. So all that to say, welcome to those of you who are listening in snowy, summer snow in Colorado. Uh, Those of you also who are listening on the Radio by Grace network of stations all over the United States, but particularly in the southern U.S., you are also hearing the show live today. Uh, So welcome to you. Today, by the way, is May 20th. It is a Friday. I'm your host here every Friday, and uh, it's it's a real honor and pleasure. I'd like to also welcome those who are listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee, as well as our friends listening on Higher Rock Radio in the Treasure Valley in Idaho. So welcome to the program, all of you. Just a heads up that those on Hope FM, Truth FM, and Higher Rock Radio, you hear the show on a one-week delay, but we want that to never be a hindrance for you to call in and be part of the show. Very much value your input and your calls, and just know that 
even uh, having the show on a one-week delay for you, that can actually be a really cool opportunity for you to call in, have your question answered, have your prayer request prayed for, and then you have a whole week to tell people to tune in, to, hey, I'm going to be on this station at such and such a time. I called in with this question and this prayer request. You should tune in, and that can be a great way to introduce other people to that station. Maybe they'll start listening to the Bible's teachings on those stations, and it could be really good. So, Again, welcome to the program. We also want to greet those who are listening online. We have a lot of online listeners today, and I just have a map in front of me of where people are tuning in. So we want to greet our listeners all over the United States. Uh, we've got listeners in the Pacific Northwest. We've got listeners in the Bay Area of California, as well as Southern California, Phoenix, Albuquerque. We've got the Front Range of Colorado representing Kansas, Texas, Tennessee, as well as the East Coast. We've also got some international listeners in South Africa, Ukraine, and this is not international, but uh, in Alaska, we've got some listeners as well. So welcome to all of you who are tuning in today. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, with your Bible questions and prayer requests. So one more time, uh, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0800. Nine seven. A few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this great city, and we would love to have you come and visit us if you are within driving distance of Longmont. Our church is conveniently located right on Highway 119 in between I-25 and downtown Longmont, which means that we're very easily accessible for not only those in Longmont, but those coming from the surrounding areas. So maybe you're in Frederick, Firestone, Decono. Maybe you're even into Broomfield, North Denver. Maybe you're up in like Loveland, Johnstown, or in Mead. If you are in Berthoud, or let's say you're in uh, Boulder, uh, Lyons, Pinewood Springs, Niwot, Lafayette, Erie, we'd love to have you come and worship with us. Um, We're just right on Highway 119. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, and we have three Sunday services that you can visit us at, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. And we'd love to have you. We have worship opportunities for your whole family. We have classes for kids of all ages, as well as a youth group and, and all of those good things. We celebrate in worship and the Word every Sunday. And currently, we're studying through the Gospel of John in a series called So That You May Believe. And we're not looking at, we're not going chapter by chapter and verse by verse through the Gospel of John in this time around, um, but this time around what we're doing is we're focusing on the seven signs or miracles that Jesus performed in the Gospel of John. John tells us at the end of his letter, I've told you about these signs. So Jesus performed a lot of other signs that I didn't write to you about, but I told you about these seven so that you may believe, and by believing you may have life in his name. So that's what we're studying. And this Sunday, we're going to be looking at the feeding of the 5,000. Now, it's a really important uh, miracle, and there's something about it which I'm guessing that most people who read the story don't know. They might think, hey, it's cool that Jesus did that. Wow, what a cool miracle. But there's actually a really important thing that comes at the end of the passage where it says that the people looked at the thing he did, and they said, he must be the prophet. Now, what does that mean? See, it goes all the way back to the time of Moses Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses promised that a prophet greater than himself would one day be sent by God to the people. And there was a thing, it's not in the Bible, but it was a a hope or an expectation that the Jewish people had that when the Messiah came, this prophet who Moses had promised, that he would cause manna to come down from heaven 
And so Jesus gets into this whole discussion. So in other words, the, the multiplying of the bread was in, in a sense the fulfilling of that expectation, but it was better. And there are a couple ways that the bread that Jesus made on that day was better, but then Jesus tells them, the manna from heaven that I brought you as the Messiah is not physical bread, it is me. I am the bread from heaven and I have come so that what is hungering, what you are hungering for and what you are longing for will be fully satisfied forever. He says, if you eat this bread, you will never hunger again. So we're going to talk about that. I'll explain it all this coming Sunday. Can't wait to get into that. That's John chapter six this Sunday. Next Sunday, we'll be looking at Jesus walking on the water. And what that means, I'll tell you again, I think there's more to that passage than most people ever realize. So we'd love to have you come and join us, worship with us, study with us, you and your whole family. You can find directions and you can find uh, past messages, information about who we are, what we're about on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefieldschurch.com. Let's get to our callers. Let's go to Chris in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I'm in a hard state right now. Um, uh, could you repeat the question that I had talked with the person about? Yeah, you had talked with our producer, and he had just asked you um, what you were calling to talk about, and you had said that you were recently diagnosed with, with something. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Uh, I've been recently diagnosed with bipolar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I assume and I feel that in your voice that this has been really hard for you. Yeah, I, I wanted to know, well, I, I was listening to what you said about um, the message of Sunday, and I think I'll have to check that out. Um, once once it's online, at least, we, we go to a good church uh, where I live, but I'm definitely interested in listening to that message. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I, I'm interested in knowing what the Word of God yeah. What does it say to somebody who's struggling with a bipolar disorder or mental illness? You know, um, here's what it, the Bible would say. It would say that we look forward to the time when God will set all things right, right? When there will be no more need for um, psychiatric treatment and things like that, when God will make all things new, including us. And that is a, a wonderful promise. We live in the hope of that promise here and now as we live our lives. And yet we also live in the promise that God is a redeemer and he doesn't just redeem souls. He even redeems situations and he redeems uh, bad situations in a way that the Bible puts it is that he makes beauty from ashes. And so I would encourage you with the hope and the promise that though this is something which is something that God will eventually he will make you new as you trust in him and put your hope in him, walk with him. There is coming a time when this, this struggle you have will not exist anymore. And yet there are ways that God wants to use this, even as difficult as it is, to do beautiful things and to, to bring redemption out of this situation. So my advice to you would be this, that um, you, know, you, you get the support that you need if you had a, a broken bone, you would go to a doctor. And in this sense, you know, you have an issue with brain chemistry. And I think that you should talk to 
doctors and take their advice and yet, you know, be looking forward to the hope of the time when all things will be made new and the hope that God can use the difficult situations that we face in life and use them for good and for his glory and even for his purposes. And so, um, yeah, that would be my advice for you is, is take the advice of the doctors and, and again, look for ways that God can bring beauty out of this situation. And I hope that your church community is really supportive. I think it, I would also give you the advice to talk to leaders in confidence. I don't think you need to tell everybody in the church, but you tell those who need to know about your situation because, um, you know, they, they would, that, that might be important information for them to know, you know, depending on how you're doing, they might need to know that so that they can check in with you at times and see how you're doing, see what ways the church can support you. So I would say, you know, disclose it to the right people who are going to be helpful to you and who are going to encourage you, who are going to check in with you and get you support that you can use and um, pray for you. And so, so that would be my advice. And I think that, you know, the, the nice thing about as uh, difficult as the situation is, there are a lot of there are a lot of bipolar people in God's kingdom. There are a lot of people who have mental illness who walk with Jesus and can have fruitful lives. And so, um, yeah. Well, Chris, um, can I pray for you? Yeah, um, just real quick. I'll just say one thing. Um, you, you know, Prince, when he says in that song, Dearly Beloved, I, I, I can't get out of my mind, you know, suffering becometh us, it makes us to endure. And I've been amazed how many times endurance is in the scriptures. For sure. Yes, uh, please. Yeah, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Chris. And Lord, we, we do hold true that we hold that promise. We hold it dear, Lord that when we meet various trials, the testing of our faith produces steadfastness, and we want steadfastness to have its full effect, that we might be made by you perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, Lord, we ask that you would uh, bless Chris. Lord, we pray for healing uh, for his disorder. And Lord, we also pray that you would use this in some way in his life, uh, whether it's his life personally or the lives of others around him to accomplish your good works, that you would redeem this situation. We ask that you give him endurance and patience as he hopes in you and follows you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. I have hope now. Well, Bye. Chris, thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Give me a call with your questions about the Bible as well as your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Dottie in Pennsylvania. Hi, Dottie. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, my I just wanted to kind of make a comment about a little piece of scripture that really has given me a lot of peace and other stuff. But mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it would be First Chronicles in four, mm -hmm. and 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 it's a big genealogy of everybody from Adam to Abraham, and in the middle, in the middle of this genealogy is this little story about Jabez who, you know, um, it just, it's not even 
part of a genealogy. It, he's not even it listed here. He just, this little piece of scripture is right in the middle of a genealogy. And they were talking about genealogies yesterday. So mm-hmm. I remembered this, and I wanted to call in and um, have you tell people about it. Okay. Yeah, so you wanted to talk about the prayer of Jabez there in First Chronicles 4, 9, 10. Yeah, so I'll just read the verses. Um, says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. But verse 10 is the kind of key verse here. It says that Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Okay, so, you know, on one hand, I think that the reason why this prayer is here is to be exemplary for us. This is a good example of how we can pray. Um, And so he's praying for himself, right? All of these things he prays are really about himself. So he asks God, enlarge my borders, right? And then keep me from harm. And I don't want to have pain. So two things he's really asking for, that God would increase the amount of things that are entrusted to his care and that God would protect him from harm and pain. And it says that God granted what he asked. So I think that this is giving us an example of somebody who prayed for these things and telling us it's okay, and it's a good thing to pray for that. Here's my, here would be the thing I would say as a caveat, and I don't mean this in a really negative way. I don't mean it to negate the prayer by any means. There was a popular book that came out, I don't know, it was a long time ago now, but that it came out, but it's called The Prayer of Jabez. And it was really popular. It was like encouraging people to like not only pray this prayer, but like pray it five times a day, right? And the whole idea though, the motivation behind it was like, if you pray this prayer, you will unlock the key to getting more stuff and less bad things happening in your life. And I just think that if this is the extent of your prayer life, it is, um, it's not this by itself, it can be a good thing to pray, but I don't think it should be the extent or perhaps the primary motivation for your prayer life. I think that uh, Jesus gives us a great model to pray, which again, I don't think it's contradicting this. I think it's just that we want to take both of them, and as we think about how to pray, we want to build a picture and an ethos for prayer that is uh, taking into consideration all of the things the Bible has to say about it. But Jesus, of course, teaches us to pray for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think those are really important things to pray because they're not just about enlarging my borders and keeping me from harm and pain, but even saying, God, maybe there are times in my life when, you know, you would use difficulty in my life, maybe even pain in my life, maybe even loss in my life for your kingdom and for your purposes. Um, I know that the, one of the next books, well, actually the next book of the Bible that I'm going to teach at my church is Second Corinthians. And we were trying to come up with a series title. And the title we came up with was Strength and Weakness, which is really the theme of that book. So I think that we want to have a fully biblical, well-rounded faith. And part of that is that we pray prayers like Jabez prayed. Lord, bless me, enlarge my borders, be with me and keep me from harm. Absolutely. It says God granted what he asked. I think there are times, though, in which we might pray a prayer like that. And God might not grant what we ask. Like with Paul, when he says, three times I prayed diligently that God would remove this thorn in the flesh from me. But he said, no, my pain or no, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so, yeah, all that to say, it's a good arrow in the quiver, but it's not the whole of what it means to pray biblically. It doesn't beat Jesus prayer. No. 
<laughs> but but right. it, it has some elements of Jesus' prayer. For sure, there's an element there. Yeah, give me this day my daily bread, right? And, you know, just, I mean, it, it's just, I think it's just something, like you said, an arrow in the quiver. Sure. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks Bye. for calling in. <laughs> Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got two open lines. It's a great time to call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. If you are here in Colorado, you're having a snow day in May, no better time to give us a call and have us pray for you. Give us a call and let's talk about Jesus and the scriptures and what's going on in your life and what's going on in the world from a biblical perspective. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Ed in Boulder, Colorado. Hey, Ed, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Um. My wife and I have been talking about this, and we have a belief that you can't accept God into your heart, that you can only reject Him, um, and that the only way you can keep your faith and not reject Him is to pray that God gives you the strength not to reject Him, that when we're born, we're believing Christ, we believe in God, and that the flesh, as in the flesh has had enmity against the Spirit, it will always reject the Spirit that you will always reject Christ and the Bible unless God gives you the strength not to. Interesting. And, yeah, I'm not sure that I agree with you, but it's okay. an interesting thought. Actually, I'm quite sure I don't. But um, Oh, what yeah. I would ask is, I hear a lot of people say in their churches that you have to accept Christ into your heart. Okay. And I'm wondering where that is biblically founded. Okay, how about uh, John chapter 1, um, starting in verse 12. Well, I'll actually back up a little bit. I'll start at verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people. His own people did not receive him. Other translations do say accept him. I think receive is a better word. But verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. In other words, they weren't born as children of God. Nobody's born as a child of God. You are born again into becoming a child of God. And the way you do that is by receiving a gift, right? So grace is a gift. It's therefore something you receive, not something you already have. And it says, who were born not of blood. Okay, so there we go. Natural birth, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Then in John 3, Jesus explains what it means to be born of not the flesh, but the spirit and what it means to be born again. And he explains that it's not something that happens physically, that to be born again is something that must happen inside of your spirit. And so, um, yeah, and he even says, so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Then one other passage real quick before I kick it back to you. Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse one, very foundational for us in understanding our ontology, meaning like who we are fundamentally um, with God and apart from God. It says in verse one, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that is now at, at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of the flesh, carrying out desires of the flesh, and were by mind children, by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So that last phrase, super important. By nature, we were children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So what is our fundamental human nature? Is not that we are born as children of God, but that we are born as children of wrath as a result of of sin that we have inherited. Paul explains this in like Romans chapter five and six. And then it says in verse four, but God, despite our condition, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, though we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. So I'm done for now, but I'll just tell you that that is where the idea of receiving uh, the grace of God comes in is those passages. And I could probably find more for you, but these are the ones that come to my mind immediately. Oh, no, I think those are wonderful. And to me, they almost support, because it's it's not of me that I'm receiving them. It's God giving them to me. Right, I like those yeah. verses, but I think in some ways they support what I'm saying is that we we don't do anything to, they're given freely of God. There's nothing that we have to do for them to be received in us or given freely as a gift to us. No, right, I actually right. think those are wonderful verses. Well, I, I'm glad um, you do. I do too. But I'll just tell you this, that um, I'm not saying that you need to merit them, right? I'm not saying that you earn anything. But I will, I will say this. In John chapter 6, there's also a very important verse that Jesus said. Now, let me be clear. Uh, I do not at all think that anyone merits salvation or earns salvation by any work that they do. And I don't believe that believing is earning, right? Like, or receiving Jesus is the way that I like earn salvation. But I just, I just want to read you this one quick verse. Jesus is talking in John six. Again, this is a passage I'm teaching this Sunday and he's talking to people and he says, Hey, you know, don't work for the food that perishes but work for the food that endures to eternal life that the son of man will give to you. And then they say, what is the work that we must do? And Jesus said, this is the work that God requires that you believe in him whom he has sent. Right? So again, we understand that this isn't about meriting or earning or doing anything of that nature. Grace is undeserved and it is wholly a work of God. And yet those who do not believe, it says in Mark 16, those who do not believe are condemned, and those who do believe will be saved. So does that make sense? I I do. I understand. Um, I think we might have to agree to disagree on it, but I do understand, and I, I, I interpret the, the verses differently. But I just thank you very much. Uh, can we? I'm going to leave it at that, if that's okay. That's I'm fine. glad you gave me those verses because I'm actually going to write them down and review them myself. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks for your, thanks for the conversation, Ed. Thank you very much. All Have right. a nice God day. bless you. Bye-bye. This is Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have come up to our mid-show break, and we also have three open lines right now, which means it's a great time to call in. If you call in now, we can get you on right after the break. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 
303-690-3000. Once again, the number is 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible, your questions about theology and God and things going on in the world from a biblical perspective. Love to talk about those with you, answer any questions that you have, and give us a call with your prayer requests. We'd love to just pray for you and lift up your need along with those around the country and even around the world who are tuning in and listening to the show. Uh, we'd love to pray for you, so give us a call or text us. Again, the text line, 720-336-0897. Well, with that, we will be right back in two minutes' time after this break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've just had a number of callers filling up our lines, but I'll give you the numbers anyway. Anytime you hear somebody drop... That means that a line has just opened up or a call end or uh, we stopped talking to somebody. That means a call has ended and therefore a line has opened up. So just save this number in your phone. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to Carl in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Carl, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Doing okay. What's up? That's good. That's good. Um, uh, like I was telling the gentleman on the phone, um, I'm a re-believer. I was baptized some time ago. and Lately, out of the past maybe year or so, I've been pulling more and more towards my faith. Mm. Um, I'm going through a lot of um, stuff, you know. Uh, every aspect of my life, you know, um, from job, relationships, family, whatever, is all I feel like is, you know, under attack. And so I've been suffered from major, you know, major depression. And I'm an empath by nature. And so I feel, you know, with, I have empathy and I care about people, you know. So, but one of my biggest problems right now I'm dealing with, and I try to find uh, quotes in, um, or scripture in the Bible, I try to give me comfort um, to try to know that everything will be okay, you know. And some days it works, and sometimes sometimes it helps. But as of lately, for the past week, I have not. Um, mm. It has. It, I mean, it does because I believe in the word. But then at the same time, with my environment being toxic, you know, my um, my adult son being toxic to me, um, I believe that I've been abused by narcissists, you know. So. You know, from everything I'm trying to look at and research, and so I've been battling with some things as far as how to get space and to start to heal. You know, um, and I guess you know it's just it's real hard and difficult. I'm trying not to cry um, mm. because it requires you know some pretty hard steps in order to be able to heal from these kind of things. And you know, I have a therapist and. 
you know, stuff like that. But sometimes those, those coping skills don't work. And, you know, it's uh, like it was just everything in my life is, you know, the devil is after my whole entire life. And mm. I have to try to find a way to reinvent myself at 49 mm. and possibly pull away from my child. You know, I mean, I, I, I see things, and I know I'm not going crazy, you know, and it hurts because I really, truly believe that I'm just there for people just to be a helper and to be taken advantage of it for money and for, you know, things of that nature because I don't hear from my son unless he wants something, you know, and I'm afraid for him because he hasn't made some of the best choices in life as, as a young man, you know, um, he's, you know, young and addicted to weed. Like I've never seen anyone addicted to that before in my life. You know, I feel guilty and responsible because back when he was little, I smoked and, you know, but I, I turned that over and I, I recovered from it. I don't think about it. You know, um, I gave that situation over to God and he helped me with that. Um, okay. I mean, I'm a, rec- I'm, you know, so these things are really, really, really hurtful. And yeah. I know that in order for me to try to get some kind of healing, you know, because um, I pray, I mean, I, I constantly stay in prayer. I mean, I'm always praying, always praying, always praying, always praying. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it just feels like, um, because of the sins that I that I did in my lifetime, you know, I've asked for forgiveness. There's certain things that I've stopped doing, you know, mm-hmm. like smoking weed um, yeah. and other things that, you know, um, so I stopped doing those things and so I repented. But it's just like, like I said, it's just like everything is just coming down on, on me at once. And I see. Well, let me just jump in and it uh, sounds like a lot going on. And I just want to encourage you with a few things. I want to pray for you first, though, before I say anything else. So let's pray for you. I want to pray for your son as well. Sounds like a lot going on. I'm glad to hear that you're getting help and that you're you're drawing closer to the Lord. Those are great things. Let me pray for you, and then I've got a couple of thoughts and questions for you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for Carl. I thank you for drawing him to yourself. And Lord, that he is finding comfort and solace in you. Lord, I pray that you would be, Lord, leading him by your spirit. Lord, that you would be comforting him by your spirit in the things uh, that he is struggling with, the things that break his heart. Lord, we pray for his son. We pray that you would take hold of his life. Just, Lord, break through this cloud of, of, of marijuana and everything else that he's involved in. And, Lord, take hold of his life, that he would be radically uh, committed to following you because he's experienced a change in your life. And everything that he's looking for in escape, through drugs and whatever else, or that he would realize that at the heart of it, at the at the core, what he's longing for is found in you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, give Carl kind of a mission in his life to not only be healed, but to be an agent or a, a tool that you use to bring healing to others. And I pray that you bless him in that way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You Amen. know, Carl, the, the, the thing I was going to tell you is that, you know, on the one hand, um, 
I think the good news of the gospel is that you don't have to feel guilty anymore. You can take those sins that you've committed, you can confess them to the Lord, and then you can know that he, as far as he's concerned, he remembers them no more. He casts them away. Um, And so he doesn't hold them over your head. You know, those things that we do, they can have long-term repercussions. And yet uh, God can even work in the midst of those things. And so I would encourage you to do two things really heavily. One would be, I think it's awesome that you're praying. In addition to that, I would say, read the Bible because the Bible is full of so many encouraging messages about a God of comfort. So many that I, I would you would re- use the rest of the show just listing them. Um, and then I would say, in addition to that, get in a supportive church community where you can get prayed for, encouraged, and have somebody to talk to about the things you're going through. Uh, I think it's awesome that you're getting counseling and getting help. I would encourage you, in addition to that, get involved with the church and don't just like attend, but I want you to like get involved, right? Like show up for the men's study, get to know some some people and build some relationships with some people who are going to be lifting you up and praying for you and checking in on you. That's a game changer. I think some people view church as like this obligation that they have to do when what God created it to be is a wonderful tool to help you grow. So I would encourage you in that way. I got to go take the other calls, but Carl, God bless you and keep seeking the Lord. Okay. You're on a good path. Keep walking it. All right. Take care. Hey, listen to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Trisha in Lubbock, Texas. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to the program. Thank you. What can we do for you? So, um, my question is spiritual gifts. I I don't really understand how those work and what God says about spiritual gifts. Okay. Yeah, so spiritual gifts, they're talked about in several places, not only in the New Testament, but they're also talked about in the Old Testament. I would say this, they are abilities beyond natural abilities. So they're supernatural abilities that God gives, and there are different types of gifts, and God gives those gifts to whoever he wants for the building up of the body of Christ, is what it says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So the relevant passages that I want you to read, if you can write this down, good, uh, that would be great. So take some notes, but here you go, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and 1 Corinthians, actually, let's say 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, Those three chapters are really important. But chapter 12 is a great kind of overview of the spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12, half of that chapter talks about this as well. And then Ephesians chapter 4 has a passing reference to it. And what's good to know is that many of these chapters refer to other places in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts. For example, in the Old Testament, uh, another passage you might read is Acts chapter 2 where Peter gives a speech on the day of Pentecost, or he preaches a sermon. And during that sermon, he references some Old Testament passages that talk about gifts of the Spirit as well. So basically, the Holy Spirit is at work. There are three different relationships people have with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with all people. He is in believers, and he comes upon people at different times to enable them to do things supernaturally or with the supernatural strength or ability to do things they couldn't normally do in order to 
serve and bless other people in order to do God's work. So there's, you know, many spiritual gifts listed. And they, again, says that God gives the ones he wants to different people at different times. And I would say um, that the supernatural gifts generally tend to function in what I would call a supernaturally natural way. In other words, some people are going to be more inclined as they're walking with God towards giving, service, mercy, teaching. Others are going to have more, um, you know, what they call sign gifts, right? Like things like giving a prophetic word, a word from the Lord, or speaking in tongues as a way of communicating words of praise to God. Um, so does that make sense? Or is there something further yeah, that you, yeah. I, I just didn't, I didn't know if like the gifts that you learn or hear about in the Bible, does God give that to people still to this day? Yeah. Great question. So uh, there's two views on this. One view is called continuationism, which is the idea that the gifts of the spirit in the Bible continue to this day. The other view is called cessationism and the cessationist view says that those gifts have ceased. And actually they would say not all of them have ceased, just the, the really supernatural ones like healing and speaking in tongues and prophecy. Uh, I, I hold, and I know that, you know, our group of churches that are represented on this radio station, we hold the position of continuationism. We believe that all of the gifts listed in the Bible are for today. There's no indication that any of these have ceased or that they were, were going to expire at some point. And so we believe that they continue to this day. I'm just so, asking, I guess in a sense, because the closer that I'm walk, my walk has grown from where it used to be. And I'm trying to be obedient to not only the word of God, but the spirit. And sometimes when I'm talking to someone, I, I don't know if it's me saying, oh, giving them a certain word, or it really is the spirit talking within me to tell people something. I'm like, is this something that I'm coming up with or that voice that I feel so much? It's more of a feeling than an actual, like Jiminy Cricket voice. Sure. Yeah. You know, I I think that's, that's really exciting. You know, as you're walking with the Lord, you know, I would say that I would probably say, now I can't say you know, always in every situation, but it sounds to me that that's a lot like how the spiritual gifts work, Tricia. And I would encourage you to walk in them and study up what the Bible has to say about them. And then remember a few things, like here's how to know if that's really just some weird thought you had, or if it actually is the Holy Spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit is God and therefore God's not going to like contradict himself. So he's not going to prompt you to say something to somebody that contradicts what he's already said in his word. So if what you say or what you feel inclined to say is in accordance with God's word, then you should definitely say it, right? Like share that with that person. Also, what's the motive? Is it going to help that person? Is it going to build them up or is it going to tear them down and make you look good, right? So check your motives and make sure that what you're saying is in line with scripture. And if it is, then I think you can say, hey, the Holy Spirit is probably leading me to say this to you. That makes me feel a little better. I, To be honest, this walk and learning about the supernatural, which I've never 
considered as alive. I figured like all of that was in the Bible. I gave a word to somebody and they called me the next day, kind of freaking out because mm. they heard a sermon that morning over what I said. And she told me that what I said is exactly what this person said. That's exciting and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. It exciting, but it kind of made me scared because I'm like, am I really hearing mm-hmm. a voice? I thought that was just something that came to me that I told them. Yeah, well, I would say don't be, Paul says this. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual gifts. And so here's my advice. Study the relevant passages about this. So Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, primarily study those. And, um, you know, be a student of the Bible. Get that Bible into your heart and mind. And I think that God will use it. You know, he's going to prompt you. Be obedient to the Lord. But again, make sure that what you're saying is in line with Scripture and that it's for the right motives. And yeah, it's exciting. Good good, good on you, Trisha. Keep walking with the Lord and seeking not only him, but how he's going to use you. It's really cool. I'm going to let you go, but thanks for calling in and, and keep walking with the Lord, okay? All right, God bless you. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to Anna in Colorado Springs. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, what can we do for you? Yes, um, I have a prayer request first or second, and um, I just want to um, just ask a question. I am a safe person, and I just want to find out if, do I, um, like every time I do something, I always wonder, what if today, you know, is my day to meet the Lord, and I didn't ask for forgiveness? Would I make it in, or would I go to hell? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I always wonder. So I, I keep on, like, throughout the day, Lord, please forgive me, if, you know, my sins. But I say if, if I get busy and I didn't repent of something that I've done and I've, you know, how yeah. how is that? Okay, can you explain? And then my prayer request is... I am um I normally have a very great relationship with God. I hear from God. I you know, we is 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 like I could feel it's present. But recently, um from the pandemic and you stay home, it's like I'm trying back to get back to where I used to hear from God. I used to feel God. I used to feel the warmness, the love, the Holy Spirit. And it's like I am fighting to feel that. I am um even this morning I went on a fast and I didn't even do the fast the way I normally do the fast. I set my phone for to, to pray three times a day, and even that, it's like I am just dribbling, and I'm like, why is that? It's not my focus in God, but my heart desire that. So I just want, if you could pray for me to get back where I used to be, you know, with God. Love. I mean, I still love him. I want to hear that, that so much. I don't know why I lose it. Yeah. So let me, let me just speak to a few things you talked about. Okay. So you had asked, do you need to continually repent in order to be saved or can you have assurance? Right. So think about it like this. Uh, and like, here's, here's the important relevant verses. They're found in, uh, the book of Hebrews, chapters 9 and 10. I'd encourage you to go and uh, read those for yourself because what they say there is that when Jesus came, he made one sacrifice for sin forever. And so the idea, you know, that when we are in Christ, all of our sins, that's past, present, and future, 
have been paid for by the one sacrifice of Jesus. And so um, here's, you know, here's a hypothetical situation. Let's say you um, fall down the stairs and on your way to your death at the bottom of the stairs, you say a bad word and then you die before you have the opportunity to ask forgiveness for doing that. Or let's say you, um, you forgot, you sinned, and you didn't even realize that you committed a sin or you forgot about a sin and then forgot to apologize for that sin. Does that mean you're going to go to hell? I think the, obviously, I think we would all say those are kind of ridiculous scenarios that I, I brought forth, but I think that they're, I think that's the logical extrapolation or it's a, it's a line of reasoning that you, you would, if you draw out that line of reasoning, that's where you go. So the answer is by trusting in Jesus, you know, all of our sins, past, present, future are already paid for. Now we should never use that as a license or an excuse to sin saying, oh, if, oh God will forgive me anyway, so I can do it. That's not the heart that God wants us to have. That, that would show that there's something fundamentally wrong with your heart and your relationship with God. Heavenly Father, or, I'm sorry, the, the, the thing that I would want you to know is that um, you, you should, though, be living a life of repentance. So I think that the Christian life is one of continual repentance, not because you have to, but because you want to. See, the word repentance means uh, to turn around or to change directions. And so what we do when we repent is we turn away from the things that we have been trusting in or following after other than Jesus, and we turn back to Jesus. Now, if that's what repentance is, then I want to be doing that um, every day for the rest of my life, but I'm probably going to be doing it multiple times a day. So I think actually the Christian life, we repent to start the Christian life, and then the Christian life is one of repentance through and through, and that's good. It's a good thing to be turning away from. And we're going to realize as we walk with God, that there are more and more things that we need to turn away from that we've been hoping in and looking to other than Jesus. And we need to be throughout the day currently and always turning back to him. Now, um, that being said, I don't think that it's required of us that we just, um, you know, continually like it, basically this, we should confess every sin. That's a good thing to do. It shows a heart of humility and repentance. God gives grace to the humble, but resists the proud. So if the reason you're not repenting is because you're proud, that's a big problem. But let's say you did something. You didn't even know it was a sin, but it was, right? I think that that happens. Or let's say that you forgot to confess a particular sin. Is God going to hold that against you and send you to hell? I'd say that just seems so far from the heart of God, right? God is not capricious. He's not playing petty games with us. He's a loving God and he gives grace to the humble. So make sure that we are humble. Humility will lead to a lifestyle of repentance and stay in that place. It's a good place to be. Um, your other question about how you can kind of get back to the place you were in your relationship with God. I, I love what it says in Revelation chapter two. Um, Maybe it's Revelation chapter three. I'm going to have to go look. But it says that um, do you, know, you, you have lost your first love. And then he says, um, go back and do the things you did at first. In other words, what did you used to do during those times when your relationship with God was strong and healthy? Was that a time when you were, you know, you were 
reading the scriptures, you're studying, you're seeking the Lord. If so, then go and do those things again. Yeah, so it's chapter two of Revelation verses four and five. You know, he says that you have abandoned your first love. Remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. In other words, so go back and do those things that you used to do back in those days. Cultivate that relationship with God. But here's the other thing I would say. Sometimes I, I talk to people and they're like, you know, when I was really walking with the Lord a couple of years ago, man, I used to cry in church during worship and I used to get goosebumps when I prayed and things like that. And I don't get those things anymore. Does that mean I'm doing something wrong? And I tell them, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, but I would, I would also say this. If you've ever been married, you know, then you know what it was like in the early days of your relationship, right? When you were close to each other, everything was so electric, so many feelings, so many, so everything was new. And then over time, uh, you maybe don't have those same feelings, but that doesn't mean something's wrong. It just means that you're at a different stage in the relationship. And that stage in the relationship can be just as beautiful, even if it's not c- accompanied by the same uh, emotional manifestations. And so understand that, that maybe the maybe your expectation of having those emotional reactions to God is is not something that, you know, maybe that, that expectation needs to be reassessed. And a healthy, vibrant relationship with God at 10 years of walking with him or 20 years of walking with him might look and even feel different than a healthy relationship with God in those early days. So okay. I hope that helps you. But let me, let me also pray for you if you'd like that. Thank you. Father, I pray for Anna, and I, I do pray, Lord, uh, that you give her security in her salvation. You give her an assurance that her salvation is not how tightly she grips your hand, but the fact that you are also gripping her hand. And Lord, I pray for her that you would uh, bless her. Lord, I pray that you would help her to, if she needs to, get back to that place of first love, get, do those things she did at first, and that she would have that sense of your nearness and your presence in her life. But I also pray for her that she would walk with you by faith when she doesn't have those feelings. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Anna. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. If you're looking for a place to worship this Sunday and you are on the northern front range, so say like North Denver to Loveland area. We'd love to have you come and worship with us. We are in Longmont, Colorado, but right off of I-25, in between I-25 and downtown Longmont. We'd love to have you come worship with us for directions and for anything else that you want to know about our church. Go to our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. I'll tell you this too. I recently wrote a book, and if you are interested, I'd love if you would check that out. Uh, That book is called The God I Won't Believe in, Facing Nine Common Barriers to Embracing Christianity. And in the book, I cover nine big topics that are really hot-button issues for many people today that create barriers for them in embracing Christianity and trusting in Jesus. So we talk about, uh, there are nine topics, things like, how do we know that God really exists? Um, How do we know that the Bible is really trustworthy? You know, questions even to the point of, did God condone genocide in the Old Testament? Or does Christianity create hateful, hypocritical people? Does Christianity encourage the suppression of women and minorities? How can a loving God send people to hell? Can God really be good if he says that some love is wrong? 
Uh, can God, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And what about a God who doesn't answer my prayers? Why would I believe in that kind of God? And so I answer those questions and uh, more in this book. And I'd love it if you'd check it out. You can find it on uh, online, wherever you buy books. You can also find it at the Calvary Church Bookstore in Aurora and in our bookstore here in Longmont at Whitefields Church. It's also in a few other church bookstores, and you can also find it on my website, nickkady.org. That's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. Go on there and check it out, and you can purchase copies and check that out, and hopefully it'll be a resource for you and something that helps you a lot. Uh, we've got a question here that came in. I think I have time to answer this one before the end of the show. What does Paul mean when he says in Romans 7, I do what I hate, but I don't do what I'm supposed to do. Or what actually this is, I think it says what I desire to do, I don't do. And what I do do is what I hate. Uh, Paul's expressing, I think, a very human and very common experience, which is that we all feel within us this tension, right? That we we find ourselves continually doing things that we hate. I think anybody who's ever had an addiction uh, that they wanted to kick or anybody who's ever ba- had a bad habit knows exactly what this is about. Everything in me wants to quit doing this, and yet I find myself doing it anyway, right? And then I want to do this, right? I want to wake up early. I want to run five miles a day, and yet I don't. Why is that? And Paul says, yeah, this is the issue we all face. But then, very importantly, chapter 8, verse 1, thanks be to God. And he says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady. Uh, welcome to, I'd love to invite you to join us this Sunday, whitefieldschurch.com if you're in the Northern Front Range. I'll be with you again next Friday for Calvary Live. Have a great weekend and a safe drive. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.